No, what was it? What was it Bane saying? <laughs> it's like, you merely adopted the dark. I was born to it. You merely adopted the dark. I was born to it, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Nathan Barris, for somebody who was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a video camera or anything. I don't really want to, which I was perfectly fine not to see your face today. You look amazing. (laughs) It's amazing what a little fever will do for you. Yeah. Um, Nathan has a croup. Let's just call it a croup. It's probably, it's much bigger than that at this point. That works. No. I'm sorry. I'll take it. It's okay. So Man, good. when I had the croup that you have, or maybe you have, maybe you don't have a croup that I had, uh, I couldn't do anything. I'll know tomorrow. Yep. For sure. Well, so, good luck. Thank Sorry. you. Sorry. Either way, can't change it. Might as well accept it. Yes. And why are we, why? Are, <laughs> what? Here's the thing that we started talking about. The topics today are you know, in, in our negative nerds way, um, I started thinking, number one, I started thinking that maybe I'm a nihilist. <laughs> and then, uh, but on the flip side, um, I, I quit yet another thing in my life or am trying to quit another thing in my life and immediately have like very positive experiences. Um, yeah. Good experiences for things that, you have not even lost faith in just I don't know. Just time has passed. Time has passed. Yeah, when when you it's... know it's time to move. When you know it's time to move on. Yes. But then, you know, you're. It's like it's when you have sex with an old girlfriend. I guess. <laughs> I've, I don't. I've never done that actually. So. I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, um, <laughs> I think that was a hard right turn. That was okay, it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah. I think if if <clears throat> even if I can't necessarily relate specifically to that, I think that's a pretty clear picture as to what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great analogy. It's, okay. Thank you. You know, yeah, no, you, you're fine. You did fine. I was just giving you a hard time. Um, it also is taking me a lot longer to process. Yeah, I know. We'll, so. we'll go easy on you. Thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah. So we're, we are the negative <sighs> nerds and what we do, um, we are, we are good old friends that just like to talk about things. And we thought, well, let's put this into the open, into the world. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Um, we're doing something else as well, though, this time. Yes. Yeah. We're not editing it. We're not going to edit. We're no longer editing because, Just yeah. Can mm-hmm. go for it. Oh, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I have I have 100% just dived, just plummeted down the 80%, 20% thing. It's really turning into more like 60%. 40%. You get six, you do 60% of the quality to uh, 40% of the time. <laughs> you get 60% of the paycheck. Yeah. Because you quit 40% of the things that you were doing. Mm-hmm. There it is. There it is. Um, 
Yeah. So we are negative nerds. We are nerdy people, and uh, a lot of times we it is a struggle to get through our weeks. So we kind of get together, and we are our only uh, force of of. Uh, it's a venting outlet. It's a venting outlet. Welcome to it's our a, venting outlet. Welcome to our venting outlet. It's a venting outlet. You don't get deals on old clothing. Are you sure you don't want to edit? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. Okay, good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, we wanted to talk about nihilism today um, because... A big, uh, horrible thing happened in Texas this week. Um, Twenty years after a big horrible thing happened <laughs> in the country, and you know what? If anybody ever hears this, they're gonna say, "Hmm, I wonder what horrible thing." But you could pretty much insert any horrible thing here, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yes and no. There's there's a specific. So the thing that we're talking about, of course, is the school shooting mm-hmm. that happened um, that became the second biggest one. And how depressing is that in the United States history? Um, I'm not entirely certain that that's actually accurate. I've, I've yeah. seen that fact, put around, but I kind of think that they're not including certain other things like you know, Greenwood or, or Tulsa or you know, those types of things too, where entire communities were, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's different. But that's, yeah, that's part of the point is that you would, you would have to actually, like this country would actually have to stop and think, is it? Right. Or isn't it the second in the history? That's just that you can't even figure that out. (laughs) That, that we're not Australia where one or two, maybe two happen in their history and they're like, okay, no more guns. Right. You know, they just take right. everything. Or Scotland or whatever. Or know. anywhere. Yeah. 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 With sanity yeah. and cool people living there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know what though? I mean, it's not even the people. It's the fucking leaders. Yeah. It's, it's right. And let's be really honest about it. It's the Republicans. Yeah. Because there's been a um, <clears throat> gun control measure that passed the house that's been sitting in the Senate for a year or two. And they won't even take it up for a vote. They won't, they won't look at it. They won't do anything. And so this all comes down to late stage capitalism and, you know, the, the, the way that we treat, uh, the way the NRA lobbies and generally companies lobby. Yeah. Um, and the way that that impacts our, future you know in a very literal sense of this case because it's impacting children yeah but you know overall we are being guided by things that don't represent our interests and i think that that's um you know whatever i I mean we've been talking about the same shit for years you know (laughs) years yeah that's the thing and i think that's what now yeah nihilism well yeah i mean honestly I mean, I don't even the word has never even has has like barely entered my consciousness in in mm. in almost fifty years. Like I, uh, uh, I the love except for the Big Lebowski. Le, the Big Lebowski is one. Um, the Cure, yeah, and they're Albert Albert Camus. Yeah, 
I call yeah. him Al. Um, guard. Yeah. Uh, and the stranger. And, and I just, I was like, yeah, nihilism, whatever. But then I, when this happened the other day, I was like, okay, maybe I'm a nihilist. Because mm. I'm, I, I think you, I think you could get, I think you could get like super pessimistic. Mm-hmm. I think you could get really cynical. I think you could be very hopeful in these situations. Any any one of those are valid. But I think that I am, instead of diving down a hopelessness, which implies that there is any kind of control over, that I have any kind of control over anything, ever. Mm-hmm. Nihilism. So I started Maybe. looking it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Uh, I found this cool article, the MIT Press Reader, What Nihilism is Not. And it is, um, <laughs> the first sentence is, Nihilism, not unlike time, according to Augustine, or porn, according to the U.S. Supreme Court, is one of those concepts that we're all pretty sure we know the meaning of unless someone asks us to define it. Mm. And that's true. Uh, that's me. Uh, Nile means nothing. Ism means ideology. Um, but the ideology of nothing doesn't really make a lot of sense. And then to believe in nothing is what the usual definition is. And that doesn't make that much. It's not, that doesn't make a whole lot more sense. Right. Uh, because it's like, Believing in something suggests that there's something to be believed in. <laughs> um, anyway, so this article is really cool because it goes it goes into nihilism versus pessimism. Because we always think about the, those Lebowski dudes. Right, right. They're just standing in the parking lot wearing all black. And they're the nihilists. And uh, they're dark and they speak in deep voices or something. I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, This is cool. Uh, So pessimism is often likened to a glass is half empty way. Sure. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, So like if a pessimist fell in a well and someone offered to rescue him, he'd likely respond, why bother? In the well, out of the well, we're all going to die anyway. I'm not that guy. I mean, that's Eeyore. Yeah. That's yeah. Eeyore. I'm not Eeyore. Um, and then the other one is cynicism. Right. And cynicism is someone who looks down on society and sees it as fake, unnatural. Right. And the cynic sees the people who make up society completely as unreal. I guess, you know... I fall more into the cynic. Yeah. There's there's definitely, you're, you're definitely more cynic. And I think, I think that is important Mm -hmm. because like, I always think about your, your, you know, admiration of Bernie, for example, my thought was like, we, that was one of the few things that we don't, that we didn't really hunt, see eye to eye on. My thought was just, uh, we just need to get rid of the problem right now. Nothing's mm-hmm. going to change. And again, nothing's going to change. 
I guess right. I, I guess I'm, I guess I've been a nihilist, but I wasn't cynical in that, in that, um, in that way. Like Biden, for example, isn't going to help anything either. He may or may not. I don't know. Right. I but right. I I kind of see it as a, uh, you see it more as you're just more involved in that way. Like you actually. Hmm are thinking and caring about what he says and does. To me, it's just a figure of we've got to move away from something that is obviously horrible right. into whatever the next a little bit less horrible is. And I, th- right. I guess that's fingers, not really- Fingers crossed that it's, it's a little less horrible. I think that that for me, it's... it's uh, I can get behind like the pervasive pointlessness Uh of nihilism like i feel like vast majority of things have no point like there is just no purpose to it i think that we have you know a lot of our movies and a lot of our our culture is built things that aren't trying to say anything or trying to do anything and they're just you know we we actually live in an environment that is very nihilistic 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 i think it's how you pronounce i don't know anyway um I, I, but I think there are some things like, I think that there is a purpose to like life, for example. And so I find that on the political spectrum, I fall more into nihilism and cynicism, but on a, a life living life sort of perspective, I don't know. I mean, it's my, my perspective is less, cynical when it comes to just existence you know Mm. i think that there's i think that there is purpose to life i think that everybody's purpose is unique to that individual and then we have to find our own fulfillment however we find it and i think that yours is valid as mine is as valid as your wife's is as valid as my kids is as valid as whatever yeah everybody's purpose is valid and i can't really judge that Mm -hmm. um but whenever i see something like a tragedy like that happen and i i go back and i look at the absolute utter inaction in our political world yeah i feel i feel like it's pointless and i feel like it's an expression of and i don't use the term lightly but it's an expression of evil because it is you know, I don't really believe in good and evil right, innately, right, right. but it is an evil thing whenever you can, um, when you know what the problem is, you have the ability to fix the problem and you make the decision that you're not going to fix the problem, you know, yeah, like, mm-hmm. or even address the problem or even acknowledge the or problem, even, right. You know, in a public setting, like you have to talk about it with your kids, but you're not going to talk about it with your constituents, right. you know, um, or or it's or somebody like fucking Musk, you know, mm. who has enough money to end world a wave of his hand, you know, or homelessness with a wave of his hand like that. But he's acquire <clears throat> anything, but he's a cl- he's acting like a clown about buying Twitter. Well, and and. And all of that just goes to show that, that, you know, these people that we, I think there's something interesting happening because I think that on a broad scale in the United States, specifically where we have forever tied income with 
social value, cultural value, and achievement mm -hmm. and success. I think that those things are becoming distinct from each other now. And mm -hmm. I think that people are realizing that all of the people, every billionaire out there, every one of these wealthy fuckers that just likes to sit with their thumb up their ass and think they're so cool, you know, they got started from somebody else doing a lot of work. Yeah. And becoming wealthy, you know, who got started from somebody else who started in like, like Musk's dad in the emerald mines. Right. You know, or whatever. Right. Point is that I think that, that, um, as an artist, I find it really hard to believe that there is nothing that's, that has any point in life. But I think that the points that we make are subjective. And so I don't think I really fall into the nihilism. I think that, that, you know, the, the absence of meaning, you know, like I like poetry, you know, and I read, I read poems by other writers all the time and those things have meaning for me and that meaning is subjective to me you know and it's probably distinct from whatever the writer put into it but it doesn't mean that there's no point to it at all so i don't know well nihilists can have sympathy and empathy and and antipathy mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's Anger, not hatred it, yeah. it, it, i think I mean, I, I don't think it even has anything to do with with um, whether or not you can appreciate art or culture because yeah. you're not I okay, just think, you're not yeah. apathetic. Right. You're definitely not you're not cynic. I mean we we both have cynical elements, right? We're both right. like, yeah, right, right. Depends yeah, on the day. Whatever. Yeah. And then we're definitely not well, I'm not a pessimist, right? Yeah. Uh Sometimes I am. <laughs> you could be more pessimistic than me uh, sometimes, but that's, it's, oh yeah, this is a cool quote. It's just that what the nihilist has feelings for is itself nothing. Strong feelings for something that is nothing. You have strong feelings. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It, 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 to me, it's like strong feelings that nothing is everything outside of me, right? Okay. Like, I, I can only be, I can only try to be good at what I do, to be nice mm -hmm. to people, to care as much as I can, to try when I can, when I have the strength to try, to not try when I don't have the strength to try, you know, to try to find the balance of helping and then helping myself and then, uh, you know, doing things for the love of it and then doing things for money and all of it. But like, I do believe that in the end, nothing. Nothing I do is necessarily, it's not going to change the world. It could change one person's world, but that's, that's not even my, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not, mm -hmm. that's not my prerogative. That's not my job. I'm going to do some more research on this. 
but it's feeling pretty good. It's feeling pretty good. I don't know. I mean, it it is, it is, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Cool. Yeah. Let's bring Nihilism back. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. We got a nihilist. Nothing. <laughs> Care about nothing. Um, yeah. So I think this ties really well in with something else we were talking about. Yes. And and that's some maybe take it to that place, you think? Let's take it to that place. All right. So uh, you want me to go there? <laughs> yeah, go there. Go there. We could both we could both go there because because yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. So what happens when you have a great experience with a thing you thought you were done with? Mm. Uh, so that's, I think we're referring to that as the good place. What happens when you find yourself in the good place in the context of an environment that you felt like you were finished with? Yeah. So for me, it's weddings, mm-hmm. you know, and feeling like, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not really actively looking for weddings anymore right now um i'm still uh <clears throat> still um booking and i'm still shooting but um uh generally speaking i'm not going out of my way i'm only doing word of mouth and they're fine but i had one um a couple weeks ago that was three weeks ago actually that was amazing mm-hmm. best wedding i've ever shot all the people were incredible. Um, not a single crappy groomsman or mean in-law amongst them. Like they were really genuinely sweet people, like, really happy to be there. There were some incredibly touching moments. There was for all, it was genuine and it was, it was great. And I felt like, oh, maybe I could do this. Like in that moment, I was like, oh, I could keep doing this. If they were all like this, I could do it forever because yeah. this is awesome, you know, because ultimately I've got like a mix of the voyeur element, but then also um, the documentarist and the interpretive element for the photography and putting it all together really makes me feel good when mm-hmm. it works. But uh, uh, upon reflection, like coming out of that, coming down off that high, it was different. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't really want to do this anymore still. But I feel like if I ended on one like that, it would be awesome mm. because it would like be ending on a good note, right? Mm. So, so I don't know. How about you? Where are you? Wow. At? Yeah. I'll come back to that in a second because, yeah, because you won't. Yeah, I'll come back to that in a second. So my my thing is, <clears throat> uh, as we've mentioned in this podcast before, this this is my year of quitting things. You know, if anybody that kind of barely knew me charted my my last my my twelve year uh, occurrences <laughs> happening, they would start to wonder whether I was trying. I was about to kill myself. No, come on. I'm not. You think? Well, I'm quitting everything. I'm quitting everything. <laughs> I am really. I mean, it is. It is very intense, but like I could see how somebody would be like, "Are you okay? You're like doing this and this," but it really isn't. It really is not that. I think that over and over and over again, we are discovering that the pandemic changed everybody, 
and this is how it's going to change them. Um, the things that were uh, we were just going through, just autopilot. Got to do this. Got to be this. Got to be even the things that were really wonderful, like captioning live theater, mm-hmm. building building captions for theaters for live theater, right? Uh, for the deaf and hard of hear- hearing. That is a objectively great thing. Is it objective or subjective? It's even subjective, isn't it? I mean, it's subjective first, but it is objectively a great thing. It is objective. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I think it is. I mean, who, it's a good who, work. Who is going to stand up and say, don't do that? <laughs> right. No, it's, don't it's, you it falls into the, into the good. It meets the bar for good work. <laughs> it does. So it's, it does. It, yeah. But, you know, that's that's not why I started doing it necessarily. And 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 to be also and to be perfectly honest, it was not what I set out to do. What I set out to do was to try to build tools to give to theaters in order for them to caption, to build their own captions for productions. They know the scripts the best. They have all of the resources. It is difficult work to caption, but you can do it and you can get good at it. Anyway, that was the idea. And when that was didn't happen quickly enough, people started asking me to actually do the captioning and it became something completely different right not an unpleasant thing a really good thing but um but it became a a, a big part of my life a big time time you know uh, part of my time time of my life and it was really uh uh it was really a relief when the pandemic hit and i couldn't do it anymore and which is funny because i was just about to you know, take it countrywide. But I feel like I did not know how difficult it was for me to keep it going. And so this, so what happened is this, you know, this spring, all the theaters came back and I was very unprepared and it was a lot of work and I've made the decision that I have to stop working on that aspect of this. Um, but immediately, immediately I go and realize that, I mean, I've had, I've had tons of good experiences, right? It has never been a negative thing for me. It has always been the good place, right. uh, which is so, so is why it's so hard to quit it, I think. Well, and and the you know the good places is all experiences are relative to themselves, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, whenever you would have a particularly difficult one to caption, or you had a bad recording to work from, or you had you know there were elements that were hurdles to overcome. But I think that that something you said a second ago about how. Um, you know, you were about to take it nationwide and it wasn't until the pandemic hit and you were you were forced to stop that you realized that you wanted to stop, kind right. of. But you didn't say it exactly like that. But I think time has a numbing effect. And the, the more time we put into something, the more our the the greater our tolerance for the pain or the discomfort that we feel around that thing grows. Yeah. 
So our tolerance gets greater and greater and greater. We take more and more, you know, we, we do more and more stuff all the time for those things. And when we're forced to take the break, we are reset. Right. We're reset. Exactly. And I think that that's, I, I, I wish that, you know, obviously you're in Chicago and I'm in the deep South. And so uh, our experiences for the pandemic have been very different, mm -hmm. you know, around here, people have never masked. They have never stopped going to parties and hanging out together. And, you know, the bars were closed on the outside, but if you knocked on the door, somebody would let you in. Right. You know, stuff like that. I mean, it was <laughs> ridiculous. Right. Um, so even though I, I stopped and checked out, most people here did not. And so I think that there's an interesting message coming through because those people who never stopped doing whatever they were doing are being impacted from a different kind of exhaustion now, mm. you know, because they, they have tried to continue doing the same thing throughout and until now. And there I'm, I'm seeing people kind of break down and fall apart who had no pause during the pandemic, you know, tree guys and, yard workers and you know plumbers and stuff like that like people who who just and you know what forget it i'm closing i've had i've seen two businesses wow. in the past couple of weeks just be like yeah we're done you know, we're not going to do this anymore so maybe this is a maybe this is a movement maybe this is part of you know the the nihilist element of it is that it doesn't seem to matter mm -hmm. prices are all going up wages aren't going up right you know, cost of everything is getting higher. Inflation right. is skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, heading toward a, a thing where we're going to buy, I guess everybody can bake their own bread now. So whatever, right. thanks <laughs> to the pandemic. But mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, I think, I think that there's, there's a numbing element to time. And that, that is, that is a critical thing to think about whenever we're evaluating what it is that we're doing and whether or not we're happy with it for real. Yeah. You know, because if we've been doing it for a long time, then we have to take a step back in order to make that evaluation. So we have, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So, so my question for you was, what if you, what if I know that you've taken other jobs, but what if you could have ended on that, that perfect one? Uh, mm. I, it's funny. There, I have one more story that may be even more re re relevant. Yeah, uh, I was I was in a rock band until 2005, and our last show in 2005, knowing that we were not going to be doing what we had been doing for 15 years. Um to leave at that moment. It was the best show I have ever played, ever played. It was, I mean, in my mind, of course. I mean, emotions were high and everything, but, you know, we had made this decision. No, it's done. We are going our separate ways. We're going to do new things. We called it hiatus, and, um, and it was uh, just the perfect ending yeah. and then 10 years later 
we we changed that. Right. And there were some really great moments, really great moments. Uh, making an album was really great. But sometimes I wonder, sometimes I really wonder whether I should have just, because I, yeah. I was the last one to kind of say yay to, the, to a reunion. Hmm. And for whatever reason, but I do kind of wonder, like, what if I had stuck with that perfect goodbye? You know, I don't, yeah. I mean, I think that if it had happened to me, and if that wedding had been my last wedding, I would have been really sad that day. Okay, but I would have been really content in the following days. Mm. You know, and I think that that's that's a uh, that's a God, that's a great story. I. I feel like when you have an ending like that, the things that follow, whenever you go back and try to recapture those things, it's like a sequel to a movie that shouldn't have had a sequel. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have the same characters mm -hmm. and the same setting, the same universe, whatever, but it doesn't feel as fully realized. Right. You know? Because you're also you're also taking away the finality of that means that okay we're gonna play one more last show so here we are another last show but everybody in the back of their head is like is this really the last show right. nah probably not you know so they don't cherish it the same way you know and it's it is that it's the finite nature of things that forces us to cherish them yeah. You know, so whether you're talking about a rock band or a career or, you know, a life, it's it's the ending that makes the rest of it sweet. So, mm. yeah. Damn it, Nathan. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. It is it is the death of something that makes it sweet. That is exactly right. That is exactly right, dude. <laughs> I could even tie that sentiment. That that is exactly what that is exactly what the incredibly talented and sweet person that has been helping me with captioning in this, you know, in this time of crisis in the last, you know, 6 months. That's what she said to me, basically. It's like nice. you have got you've got to let it go in order to really appreciate it. Yeah. And I could even tie it into Dungeons and Dragons where I am right now. I'm kind of I'm kind of begging my I'm having discussions, not begging. I'm having discussions with my players about making the game harder like it used to be. Because mm. a, honoring death just it, it, it's a storytelling device. But Absolutely. You can't, that's why Josh Whedon's stories are good. That's exactly right. Damn it, Nate. Yeah. There it is, buddy. Okay. And what is death? Well, it is the story, but in my mind, it's sweet, sweet nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. oh, perfect. <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> and loop it around. <laughs>
Oh, I love um, that. Yeah. Well, Nate, <coughs> I hope that you feel better. I know that you will. I know that you will feel, I will. feel better. I will. Or I won't. Or you, or you won't. It's all kind of pointless, it's, you know? Yeah. Whatever. It's, it's, it's pretty much not in your control. This is how I feel right now. Yeah. <laughs> I made it to the podcast. <laughs> you did. You know, this I podcast did. is going out. It's going out today. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Hear it. It's going Whatever. out. Yeah. I probably won't listen to it. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's that's an important thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's important too. Yeah. I think that when we create things, we got to we have to let go of them like that as well. So, ding 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 ding. Yeah. Um so we're the negative nerds. We, we are. We talk about things that no one else will let us talk about. <laughs> and we're shockingly unnegative when it comes down to it. <laughs> I know! It's so true. We never end. We never end a podcast with, and then we all we cried. <laughs> we never do that. We always we always fight back. I mean, that's that's the nature of life, you know? And that, that it, this all ties back to everything else. It's the nature of life. We we fight against the end of it. You know? We we really we really do. And yeah. and damn it. I think I think that's right. Nihilism is actually much more closely related to idealism than cynicism. And that's exactly that's exactly what you just said. Because nice. right. we're we're fighting we're ideal, idealistic in the sense to fight even for death because you, you gotta end that story, man. Everything's about I the mean, story. You gotta yeah. But then also, like, the way that we come together on things makes it more positive. Like, I, you know, the it's because each of us individually has our stories, but it's um, working together that creates a structure. Yeah. Right? And so if we're unanchored and uninvolved with anybody else in the world, right? then, yeah, that's that's going to be nothing does matter right but as soon as you start to anchor yourself to other people and engage in a way that is meaningful to you yes it becomes and it becomes meaningful to them then then there's sort of an orbital system that takes place and so we have we become like planets or like our own little solar system you know and people come in and it's like there's an Oort cloud <laughs> and there's the, the the space it actually is a great visualization if you think about it it is like you've got the core elements, you have to be each person is the own solar system, and things that orbit around us are in decreasing uh, sort of the farther away they are, the less frequently they they pass our orbit, the yeah. less frequently they they swing around, right? Right. And then there's the things that have the the eccentric orbits that'll just kind of come in and go out and you'll never see them again, right, right? And the stuff that just pass straight through one way. You know, yeah. There's, but there's, I think that's, I think that's, I find, I find a lot of mechanical analogies, analogs to, to everything. <laughs> I don't know. I like that. I like the ideas of systems and the ideas of balance that's struck without, without effort. You know, and that's how our friendship is. Is yeah. there's no real effort. Like we have to, uh, <clears throat> we have to actively make time to talk to each other right but 
once that's done and we get into the situation where we're talking, there's no effort to it at all. Right. An hour passes and we blink. Yeah. So, yeah. It's yeah. 100% Boom. true. Anyway, I'm just enjoying talking. I am too. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad that you're in my orbit. Likewise. And uh, let's do this again. All right. I love you, Nate. Yeah. I love you, Matt. I'll talk to you later. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nothing.